The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. This is Galen McDowell, and I am your host. I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. We're in the midst of wrapping up the year for the show. There will be no show for the next two weeks, and I think, you know, as I reflect back on this year and the four and a half years I think I've been doing this show, we've covered a lot of topics, a lot of subjects, actually a little bit more than four and a half years. And, you know, I want to thank you all for just sticking with me. And I hope that this show is continuing to bless your life because I want to make sure that anyone who listens to this show gets unadulterated truth, gets practical truth, is something that they can use in their life immediately. So it matters to me. So I want to thank you all. Also want to acknowledge for at least, um, you know, um, for those who practice their various uh, forms of holiday during this season, uh, you know, whether it be Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Ramadan, you know, enjoy your holidays, you know, merry, happy, etc. to all of those things or whatever it is that you actually practice or don't even practice. It's still an okay time to enjoy the time and the season and use it as a reminder that when we choose as human beings to shift and focus on the good or the whole wholeness of life, it shows up. When we choose to focus on love and grace and peace, it shows up. So that doesn't have to be because of Christmas or anything else. It can be because we choose it to be so every day as a part of our experience. Now, today is also the last day of the complaint, a complaint free world series uh, that um, I'm teaching right out of the book by Will Bowen. Uh, uh, the Reverend Will Bowen is a fellow New Thought minister. He's a unity minister of the unity faith tradition. And um, I highly recommend that you get this book as gifts to people with the wristband. And again, share it with folks and let folks know that this is one of the methods you are you have used or are using to help transform your own life, to bring peace to your own life. And here's the thing. You might say, well, you know what? I know people who just want, won't take the time to read a book. Guess what you can do? See if it's available on CD. See if it's available on download. Go to YouTube. Try to find videos. Go to his website. I know, uh, uh, Reverend Will Bowen has several YouTube videos with, with him explaining the concept of a complaint free world. So, You can give the book or you can give the CD or you can purchase an audio download, however it needs to be. That way, if a person is driving or they're working out or they're taking a walk or they just have some random time, they can whatever. If they're working, they can watch Facebook and 
videos on Facebook, Twitter, and Snapchat or Instagram. They can, you know, you send them something that can bless them. Everything doesn't have to be funny and everything doesn't have to be ratchet or all the things in between. We can send people things that are inspiring, uplifting, and beneficial to their soul growth. So at this point, we're at part four, which is called unconscious competence. Now, again, just a reminder, as a reminder, we've gone through the previous three stages already, which is unconscious incompetence. That's sort of like you don't know that you don't know. Conscious incompetence, where now you realize the breakdowns when, as, it, as it relates to this, that you complain a lot, that you criticize, that you gossip a lot. But you're conscious of it, but you're not necessarily skilled in stopping it. But now you're conscious, so you're catching yourself more and more. Then there's conscious competence where it takes a lot of work to maintain it. You know, you, you're aware of it. You have the wristband. You, you know, you, you're going days without switching it, but it takes a lot of effort to catch your mouth before, it, before, before the words jump out of it that could put you back to day one on the 21 day complaint free world challenge. So, <laughs> uh, the conscious competence stage is really a funny stage. Uh, and I say that because it's a stage that I, um, can't, haven't been so far able to get out of. I haven't yet to finish my 21 days myself. And I'm saying that because you can um, even teach this material and still, before you realize it, catch yourself throwing some shade, which I explained a couple of weeks back, uh, criticizing without necessarily um, getting to the solution in the conversation and things of that nature. So we need to be mindful very mindful that we have an opportunity to evolve past that to the point to where we have unconscious competence, which is the ability to just know how to work it. And it happens subconsciously without you really thinking about it. So on page 128 of my book, and I have the original hardcover, he states, after you have gone the months it takes to become a complaint free person. I like that a complaint free person. You will find that you will have changed just as and he uses the example of this blind fish that over generations no longer needed pigmentation or eyes because it was under uh, so deeply in caves underwater that it didn't need eyes or pigmentation. So it evolved past them. So he says, just as over generations, the blind cave fish left behind what is no longer needed, you will find that your mind no longer produces the deluge of unhappy thoughts you used to live with because you are not speaking them. You have no outlet for them and the complaint factory in your mind closes down. You have shut off the spigot and the well has dried up by changing your words. You have reshaped the way you think it has now become unconscious. You don't notice for you to be competent, not complain. As a result, you are a different person. You are a happier person. Now, I love this because he's saying that once it becomes deeply subconscious, that you're not even realizing that your mind isn't thinking as negatively as before. See, when you have an outlet for something, you tend to produce more. And what so what gets your attention, the mind is going to produce more of anyway. What gets a rise out of you, your mind is going to produce more anyway. What gets what you attach deep feeling to, your mind is going to create more of it anyway. So if your mind is stuck on complaints, gossip, and criticism, then the mind is, because it's used to just playing that tape, is going to continue to play it over and over and over and over and over and over again. But as we starve it out by lack of attention not and non-resistance in the form of not speaking these words and not walking around like a you know like a balloon ready to pop but literally as we catch ourselves shift ourselves you know uh you know this is why we talked about things like i am spirit when you want to give yourself uh when you want to say something that you know you shouldn't say give yourself some substitute words you know 
I, I remember when I was trying to shift my consciousness early in my um, church life, well before I was a minister, um, you know, when I used to see people do stupid stuff, I would react. And when I say stupid stuff, I mean things that were dangerous, harmful to themselves and others, like people driving recklessly on the highway, um, you know, uh, jumping out in front of cars, you know, with with the ch- dra- dragging their child across the street uh, when they don't have the right of way, you know, you know those type of things would would really perplex and irritate me. And I, I I started the habit of saying, anytime it would happen, God bless them. If they knew better, they do better. Now, the reason why I would say it was. So my mind would say something, and I just wasn't walking around trying to hold something, but my consciousness didn't shift. So, yeah, for instance, I might have – this was well before this Complaint Free World book came out. But so if I was trying to um, have an outlet for the positive, what I would do was shift it. Now, why did I do that? Because Reverend Coleman used to say, name it good. She would teach about Joseph. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And she would tell us to bless those people and bless those situations. So I would, God bless them. If they knew better, they do better. And, and and I realized it would work. I would literally verbalize it, literally verbalize. And if I was in a position, a circumstance where I wouldn't, I couldn't verbalize it. I was thinking, I would think it and I would go away as soon as I could. And I would say, Hey, God bless them. If they knew better, they do better. You know, sometimes I was shaking my head while I said it because you know, half of me or more didn't even believe the words that were coming out of my mouth. But here's what I discovered. I started to get more peaceful. Uh, I didn't want to engage with the debates and the arguments like I used to. When people would bring it to me, I would bring it to them. But part of the process is understanding that it can be different. It can be different, but you have to put concerted effort into making it different. So as a young man, you know, when I was doing this at 20, 21, 22, I shifted things. Um, You know, I used to, you know, you know, like to use some colorful words in those days. I grew up around folks, you know, uh, uh, that, you know, in the neighborhood and and certain family members that were very liberal with their use of of alternative uh, words. And instead of saying those words, I gave myself substitution words. Why why am I saying this? I literally stopped cursing. By just giving myself other words to say when I would normally say those words. And I'm saying this to you because I think it's important for people to realize that sometimes it is an uphill climb. But it's the consistency that matters. Over and over again. 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 You got to keep. Putting it into that subconscious mind to the point to where it becomes uh, unconscious competence. So it doesn't make a difference what happens, like, you know, or what a person says or does around me. My mind now can't revert to a person that's going to to get enraged, to start, you know, cursing folks all out and snapping and things of that nature because that mind is gone because I chose to change the words that were coming out of my mouth. Again, when there's no outlet for those words, you start to shift and think differently. So as you start to read more uh, spiritual materials, as listen to more spiritual materials, as you start to pray more and meditate more and be around people of ambition, dreams, goals, positivity, uh, constructive attitudes, uh, people who know how to love and forgive and and give service to life and give of themselves to life and give of their resources to life and surrender to their dreams. When you start hanging around different folks and doing different things and thinking different, feeling different, speaking different, acting different, reacting different, trust me when I tell you, eventually it will become unconscious. 
You don't even realize what you're doing. It's unconscious competence. It goes along with the um, when when the uh, deleted scenes of Enter the Dragon by Bruce Lee were were, were put back into the uh, uh, special version, anniversary version of the movie. When I think it was the 40th anniversary or something like that, 30th and it might have been the 30th anniversary. But anyway, they added a scene that was taken out, and in the scene, Bruce Lee is talking to his uh, Sifu or his teacher. And, um, at, at, and he says to the teacher, when my opponent expands, I, I contract. When he contracts, I expand. When an opening presents itself, I don't move. And then he points to his fist and he says, it moves. What was he really saying? He's trained his, his body to be unconsciously competent. So when his opponent contracted, he automatically expanded. When he expanded, he automatically contracted. When the opening presented himself to be so he could hit his opponent, he didn't have to think hit the opponent. His hand reacted. He said, I don't have to move. I don't move. It moves. He pointed to his fist. In other words, the fist knows what to do. And what I'm saying to you is these habits that you are building into your soul right now will know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. So... It looks like it's about time for our first break. So we will be right back with Truth Transforms. Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. There is peace. There is quiet. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Reverend Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm on page 129 of the book, and on 
wanted. He says, we began, when we began the complaint-free program, we decided to give a certificate of happiness when someone made 21 consecutive complaint-free days. We chose to give a certificate of happiness rather than a complaint-free certificate because we knew that eliminating griping would have a sweeping and powerful effect on a person's consciousness. Rather than just changing behavior, not complaining changes one's mind and life. That's what I want to get across. When you stop complaining, it literally changes who you are as a person. Now, again, we're not talking about, which we'll address later in the show, uh, taking authentic action around breakdowns that need to happen. If it's something that's not working the way it's supposed to work or somebody's not doing what they're supposed to be doing and, um, you know, or uh, there are injustices that are happening, you know, people's, you know, civil rights being violated, things of that nature. It's every right to address those things. Absolutely. But there's a way to take authentic action and there's ways to complain. It's sort of like, um, you know, many people complain about um, um, the government and, you know, in the United States about, you know, uh, what they don't like, what they want to see changed. And, you know, every, you know, it seems like lately, almost every election, only about 57, 58, 59% of the people who are eligible to vote actually do vote. You know, so many people who complain about what they don't like are not only not voting at the national level, they're not voting at the local level where they can have immediate access to the people who could potentially be making the changes that they want to see. Because it's easier to complain about a thing than it is to do something about it. But if you are complaining about it, you really believe at a deep level, one way or another, that it could be better. Or why complain? People don't complain about stuff they don't think could be better. They just accept it for what it is. People aren't complaining about gravity. Gravity's so mean. Gravity's horrible. No. Gravity's gravity. Nobody says gravity's mean because uh, someone fell from a high, um, from a uh, very tall building or, or because, you know, a plane falls or something like that. They... They might be upset about the incident, but they're not complaining about gravity because they know that's how gravity works. You know, people might not like certain responsibilities, but they know these are things that have to happen. It's one thing, but many of us, we we complain because at some level we think it could be better, but that doesn't mean we want to do something about it. To be a person of of transformation, a conduit of transformation, an agent of change means you have to get skin in the game. And the first thing you have to do when you get skin in the game is heal your self. All right. Back to the book. He goes, so, but he also says if you want one of those certificates, you can go to his website, complaintfreeworld.org and order your certificate. If you finish the 21 days or when you do it, he goes on to say in the unconscious competence stage, this post 21 day phase, you are no longer out looking for a hurt. I love that. Rather, your thoughts are now on what you want and you are beginning to notice that not only are you happier, but the people around you seem happier. You are attracting upbeat people and your positive nature is inspiring those around you to even higher mental and emotional levels so as you shift in consciousness it's amazing how you start to draw and attract different type of people around you there's no other way to say that so as you become healthier mentally and emotionally you will start to draw people and 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 you will start to want to be around them and um you'll also have the opposite effect which i'll address in a moment he says when you when something goes well for you, your immediate response is, of course. And when a challenge presents itself, you don't give it any energy by speaking about it to others. Rather, you begin to look for the blessing in it and seeking 
you find. And the blessing might be the lessons that you get out of it, the opportunity to transform a situation, or sometimes it's just the opportunity to be a witness to truth. You know, uh, you know, you know, to paraphrase Jesus, very loose uh, paraphrase, when they brought to him the man who was uh, born blind, they were trying to trip him up in the Gospel of John. And they said to Jesus when they brought this blind man, his critics, you know, you know, you're supposed to be so sharp and you're supposed to be this teacher from God. Well, explain this. Um, um, why was this man born blind? Was it his sin or was it his parents' sin? Now, first of all, saying it's his sin to be born blind, what is that saying? Did he have a life before this, a past life or whatever? Nobody knows uh, what the circumstances were. Try to say it was his sin or his mistakes or his violation of the of the Mosaic law, which would have been impossible from that context. Um um, that they were presenting to Jesus. Then they said to him, or oh, it's because of his parents' sin, because it used to be, you know, how they would say the there were some Old Testament scriptures that would talk about the sins of the parents have been passed down on the children. That evolved later to um, individual responsibility, but that was how many ancient Hebrew people thought at the time. So Jesus was like, neither. And basically what he said to them was, so that the glory of God could be manifested. And then he healed the man. Now, was that really the answer? It was the answer for Jesus because Jesus wasn't looking and seeking problems. He was dealing with spiritual solutions. So instead of debating about how this man got here, he just healed him and then gave God the glory. And what if we just shifted and start doing that instead? That's looking for the blessing. So if nothing else can come out of this man being blind and now being healed, then people acknowledging the power and presence of God, the grace of God in to transform and heal people's bodies and lives, then guess what? That blindness has now been used as a can now be used as a blessing. And it was good in it because not only did it transform that man's life, it was a witness to let people know that it was possible that their lives can be transformed. Jesus was just looking for the good. No different than Joseph. You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. These are lessons that we have to learn. Moving on. The book says, another thing you will notice is how uncomfortable you now feel when anyone around you begins to complain. Um, When I'm really spiritually sensitive, one of the things that I recognize really early on is that I don't like um hearing a lot of whining whiny conversations um now there are times when as a minister when people come in and they want to have counseling or whatever you got to let them get it out of themselves you got to let them say what they need to say but my job isn't to leave them there then it's my job to help them shift i can't shift anybody but i can help them shift themselves and i help them shift themselves by shifting myself, being in the, the spiritual space that says, okay, I'm observing, but I'm not absorbing these words, this experience. And then I shift. So finding ways to engage the conversation and shift them or just being silent. And you'd be surprised when people are really going on real tangents and complaining and gossiping and criticizing uh, 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 you'll be surprised how awkward it makes the person who is saying all these words feel when you're just silent and not going along with it. You don't even have to argue and debate. Well, you don't have anything to say. I'm just listening. You know, because sometimes you could be in situations and circumstances where somebody's not as quote unquote evolved. They could be family. They could be friends. Be the person you married. <laughs> co-workers, boss, or whatever, and just listen. You don't have anything to say? No, no, I'm just processing. Why is that important? Because once you get to the space where that type of stuff irritates you, um, you have to find your own ways to navigate that process. Now, those are just some things that I do. 
you can find your own. You know, that might being silent might not work for you. You know, you know, sometimes when I don't really like something, uh, I remove myself immediately. And when I say immediately, I mean immediately. I don't, you know, not like, you know, some people say, oh, they get around to leaving. No, if I see something I don't like, instead of allowing my consciousness to take in or experience something that I don't like, I just leave. Because I'm a big believer that I shouldn't have to have a negative experience for you to have a positive one. So if something starts to happen around me that I don't like, or people are just demonstrating energy that I don't like, I just leave. And it's one of the reasons why I'm very independent. And I go places I'm normally driving, unless I'm with people who I know are of extreme like mind. That way, when I don't like something or I don't agree with something that's showing up, I'll leave. And I'm committed to my leave. Like, I haven't done it. But if I was somewhere and I didn't have my automobile, I would Uber, Lyft, call a cab, whatever it needs to be for me not to be in a space I don't want to be in. If I go to a location and I don't like what's going on, I just leave. I don't care if I've spent my money. You have to be dedicated to your peace. No matter what, no matter what, you must be dedicated to your peace. Now, does that mean that you don't engage with situations and circumstances that need to be addressed? No, sometimes there are going to be times in life where you got to address the issue at hand. That's different than complaining if you're staying with the issue and staying out of your story about the issue. Deal with the issue. Deal with the issue, not the story. Okay, what's happening here? What's not happening here? Is a, is a very good, you know, because we tend to intertwine our stories with the facts. And sometimes we're just intertwining our stories with our perception of the facts. So we actually have our story, which is based on our perceptions about what we think has happened, not what actually did happen. Back to the book. He goes on to say, because you have spent, he says, it is as if an unpleasant order has suddenly wafted wafted into the room. Because you have spent so much time checking yourself against complaining, when you hear it coming from someone else's like a cacoponis symbol during a moment of sacred silence. In other words, when you're when you stop being a complaining, a complainer, a criticizer and a gossiper, you really pay attention to it. It's sort of like uh, people I know who no longer smoke cigarettes. Um, you know, um, I detest cigarette smoke. Always have. Always have. Um, um, you know, my dad and several other people in my family uh, were big smokers. Big smokers. His parents, big smokers. Uh, and in Chicago, at least back in the day, you could smoke anywhere, you know, or in America. People smoked on airplanes. They smoked in restaurants um, and all other type of public buildings. It was hard to get around. People smoked in their cars all the time with their children in the car. Things that are not seen in the same light these days. Um. But I can remember um, um, when, you know, one of the times my father stopped smoking, he said to me, I didn't realize how bad cigarette smoke smells. Like when people are around and I smell it all on their clothes, you know, I didn't realize um, how good food tastes when you don't smoke cigarettes because the the cigarette um you know, it, it, it robs you of some of your taste buds even. And the reason why I'm sharing that is this. Everybody who I've ever talked to who stopped smoking says the same thing. So when they get around somebody who smokes now, it's disturbing to their noses. Because they're saying, why? Uh, it, 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 it's, man, that stinks. Man, that's irritating. So I can remember 
saying as, as as a young man wanting to go to the parties and the clubs and the whatever and before they did this ban in Illinois I wouldn't go to a lot of the places because I didn't want to be around the cigarette smoke you got to be dedicated to what you what you want and what, what you want to experience no matter what and thank goodness some conscientious people when I was very when I was in those in that age range fought to get that change so now people don't have to come up with that same experience in public settings. It's wanted to land that when you stop being a complaining person, you're going to really notice how quickly um, you get, uh, you are mindful of people complaining. And it's going to seem weird to you. When you start staying in your truth and staying centered in your truth and people are saying and doing all type of stuff around you, even sometimes again, loved ones, it will shift you. So it's time for our second break. So we will be right back with Truth Transforms. Weather forecasters can provide guesstimates based on scientific data, but in the end, we cannot know with absolute certainty what the weather will be until we live it. Life works the same way. We may think we know what's going to happen, expecting the best while preparing for the worst. We can keep a positive frame of mind and weather any storm because we are one with the ever-present miracle-working power of God. We are mightier than any circumstance on this earth because we are divine in nature and a part of the eternal. We live in a world where we can realize our possibilities because we know that with God all things are possible. And the way to keep our hearts and minds centered and focused on divine potentialities is through prayer. As author Frances W. Folks wrote in her book, Effectual Prayer, If the time of achievement seems long, pray. If the way seems dark, Pray. If the results seem delayed, pray. Morning, noon, and night, pray. Pray without ceasing. This mindful moment is brought to you by Daily Word magazine. For more than 90 years, Daily Word has helped people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Take advantage of our 30 day free trial of the digital edition. You'll receive access to the online magazine a daily email with the Word for the Day, and the Daily Word app. To sign up for the 30-day free trial, visit unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real.
You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I want to remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donation. So as you freely receive, freely give, you can go to unity.fm to click on the donate button. This is obviously a, um, a, a show that is also affiliated through Christ Universal Temple. So you can also go to cutemple.org and do the same. Um, support ministries that are, are uh, dedicated to empowering the human race so we can live from our, live from our spiritual potential instead of uh, fear, frustration, and uh, resignation. Anyway, he goes on to say on page 130 of my book that you begin to feel gratitude for the smallest things, even things you used to take for granted. So when you're not complaining as much, you start to feel uh, more grateful. But here's the thing about gratitude. What you praise, you raise. So as you have an attitude of gratitude, you open yourself up to more blessings. On page 131, he says, your financial situation may improve as well. He says, as you begin to value yourself and your world more, you will vibrate at a level that attracts greater financial benefits for you. That's really key. So as you get into a, a, a different energy, a different vibration, you, you put yourself in a position to have more money opportunities. You know, if, if you're in the consciousness of love and peace and harmony and wisdom and faith, then you have to get byproducts of that consciousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Uh, next paragraph, he says, positive, happy people are simply more enjoyable to be around. When you start thinking about people who you've had legitimate fun with in life, legitimate fun. You're thinking about happy times, how they made you laugh, how you all were silly, you know, et cetera. You can reminisce on some of those things and and still laugh like it happened yesterday. Because people feel good. The body responds to happiness. Like literally uh, biochemical things are happening in the body that are very positive and good for the health when people are happy. And things happen to the body that are not so good when we're stressed, angry, and afraid. Different things happen to the body when we feel as though we don't have hope. So producing a consciousness of happiness through this process literally can make your body healthier. All right, then he gives an example about this lady who was very, um, uh, had this great attitude at work, which was, which helped shift the consciousness of the atmosphere. Make sure that you are the optimist at work. Make sure that you are the constructive attitude, let's get the job done in a harmonious way and in a divine order person, that you're not the gossip person. You're not the criticizer. You're not the person that's resigned to things being the way that they've always been. Make sure that you're not the poison in the culture. And here's the thing. Some people can be your homies and you all have things in common and you don't realize that that person is poisoning your consciousness because they always have something to say that is negative about the environment. But very few things to say that are positive. All right. So he goes on to say on page 132, your attitude, which is an outward expression of your inner thoughts, dictates how people relate to you. Not only people, but animals as well. That's true. Look at your life, how you. You know, when people walk around tight, people respond to them that way. It's understanding who you are and some people want to have a certain type of consciousness, a way of thinking, a way of being, a way of speaking, a way of acting that 
is inconsistent with the demonstration they want to show up and then they get mad at life because and people because life isn't showing up the way they want it to show up but you can't outperform your consciousness page 133 he says one of the greatest gifts of becoming a complaint-free person is the impact you will have on your family both in the present and in the future so you learn how to pass down these skills not just consciously, but unconsciously, you'll start picking up on ways and habits that are beneficial that you're to so much so that your children and your children's children will pass them on because we pick up things. We, we many times people do things the way their dad did it or their mom or their grandparents or their uncles or their whatever they, we children, especially they watch, they watch to see how you handle things. I said it in a sermon a couple of weeks ago uh, that, well, you know, people often say to me that they were amazed how my daughter handled uh, my mother making her transition. And I think my daughter was like maybe 11 years old at the time. Yeah, 11. And um, I said she handled it like she saw her daddy handle it. If I had a clown, she would have clowned. She realizes that she doesn't have to respond that way. She can still go through the grieving process, go through whatever she needs to go through without being depressed and frustrated, angry, resentful, or anything that all the other range of emotions that go through when many times when people um, are experiencing a transition in their life of a loved one. You can miss somebody without having to go negative. And it's important that you realize that people are watching. They're watching. You know what? That doesn't have to happen like that. And as I've told people before, how can you say to other people that it's okay when it's their mother who makes a transition and pray with people when it's their mother, whether you're a minister or or it, whatever your religious background is and you give your religious jargon and then clown when it's your mom or your dad or your spouse, etc. That doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. What it does mean is be a witness. Be a witness. Um, I would strongly suggest that anybody's listening to this show, um, they go on to uh, YouTube or the church's website, but I know it'll stay on YouTube a little bit longer. The last two sermons I did at CUT, um, just type my name in, and, um, and one of them is, is the Christ in your Christianity showing, and the, uh, the one after it was my peace. And those two lessons really deal with how we work with behavior as spiritual beings. Listen to them. Listen to them. If then, you know, you might be listening to this years later and it might not be available, call the church 773-568-2282 or cutemple.org and go to the bookstore and see if you can order it and listen to them. I just did a uh, lesson at a, uh, as a guest speaker at this church uh, titled uh, or named Bodhi Spiritual Center. It was called Imagining Creation Reality. And I started talking about how you work with your mind with things, with your imagination. Check it out. It's on SoundCloud. I think they have the video as well. Anyway. Page 136. He has a lot of good stuff in this. Uh, he says, he, he says, as you cease to complain, you will find yourself left less often in fear and anger. Anger is fear directed outward, and because you are no longer a fear-based person, you will attract fewer angry and fewer and fearful people into your life. Then he says, in the seat of the soul, best-selling author Gary Zukov wrote, complaining is a form of manipulation. So sometimes people are complaining to manipulate. He says on page 137, uh, complaining is a manipulation of your energy. And now that you're a complaint-free person, you will notice when somebody, someone is using their negative words to try to manipulate you and you will set up healthy boundaries to protect yourself. And uh, one of the last things, because he talks about psychologists talking about venting and things of that nature and some psychologists saying it's good or not. And they said, he says, 
that I love this. He says, as and as an expression of, of grief, pain, or discontent directed towards someone who actually can help is healthy. So as long as it is done in a way to receive what you want in the future, not as a mean of attacking someone about it, about the past. So in other words, so if you are expressing to a you know to whoever, he's saying, look, say what needs to be said, but not, but now it's time to get past it. Talking to a psychologist or other counselors about challenging, convincing your life as a way of getting past the health can be healthy. A good psychologist can give these incidents meaning and provide hope and constructive paradigms for better living in the future. However, complaining to a friend, venting it is often called, can be an excuse for unbridled negativity, which draws more of our problems to us. Not to mention allies us with negative people to whom we have become entrained. So he says processing and complaining are not the same thing. Process is sharing your feelings about something that has happened and not rehashing the events of what has happened. Mm, that is, that's really good. So at this point, we're going to close out. We'll be back on this show. We'll be back on January 11th. So, again, all of you all have a wonderful holiday season. God bless you. And we're going to. Going to 2017 with a new way of thinking, knowing that we are here to be the conduits of spirit and agents of change. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. There is a story about a man who died and found himself at the gates of heaven. The gatekeeper offered to give him a tour. First he took him to hell. The man saw tables laden with a sumptuous banquet. This can't be hell, he said. Look at all this wonderful food. But as he looked closer, he noticed that all the people were weak and emaciated. They'd been given three-foot-long forks, and they couldn't get the food to their mouths. Then the gatekeeper took the man to heaven. Tables there were also piled high with a variety of wonderful foods. The people had also been given three-foot-long forks, but looked happy and well-fed because they were feeding each other. The point of this story is obvious. Life is more enjoyable when we help one another. Changing your thoughts and actions can result in positive changes in you and the world around you. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. 
Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on unityonlineradio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on unityonlineradio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find.
Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.